is the Go Radio Football Show Podcast. Hosted by Paul Cooney, Barry Ferguson and Mark Guidi. Listen live weeknights from five. Talking Scottish football first. Let's go! So a 3-2 win for Celtic last night against Varas. Rangers drawing 1-1 with Bronby. Still very much in Europe. Barry, what did you make of it last night? First stop, Rangers... Yeah, it was a disappointing first half, Paul. Um, better in the second half, obviously, with a triple substitution um, of Kemar Roof, um, Ryan Kent and Hadji, the goal scorer. It certainly made a difference. Listen, a point's better than, than no points, but I fully expected Rangers to go over there and win the game. But now it's in their own hands. They need to make sure when Sparta come to Ibrox that they beat them convincingly to have any chance of going through. Yep, Leon saw them off 3-0 last night. That was a great result for Rangers. Mark, for Celtic last night, a good win, 3-2. Yeah, a great win, Paul. Away from home, you know, the, the manager challenged the players and said, we need to go and get a victory. Celtic now in six points. The back-to-back wins guarantees Celtic European football after Christmas. It's just whether it's in the Europa League or in the Conference League. And it just shows you, play Kyogo through the middle from the start. Yeah. Discuss. He's special. He's just very special and he keeps catching the eye, he keeps producing and the only concern for Celtic is, as Ange Postecoglou has pointed out, is just burnout, is just managing um, his schedule but he'll certainly be looking forward to that that winter break, that three weeks off in January will do Kyogo the world of good. And it was Jota scoring as well and Abada shows you Barry's beginning to get, uh, well certainly a great attacking team together. Well, it's his, his three signings, yeah. um, but the, the standout is Kyogo, there's no doubt about it. I did read Postacoglu's um, comments regarding Kyogo in terms of burnout. I would just wrap, wrap him in Cotton Millpool between games. Um, he's so important to Celtic, he makes a difference. And certainly when he plays through the middle, he's he, he's a good bet for a goal each time. Um, so for me, he's, he's Celtic star man at this moment in time. Well, we check at this point, Mark always has the facts and figures, doesn't he, Barry? He always, he did it in the Euros on the way there, you do it at the World Cup qualifiers. Mark, what is the situation? Celtic are through? Yeah, so Celtic are, are guaranteed European football. It's just whether they um, are going to be in the, the Europa League or drop down if they finish in third place to go into the Europa, uh, Conference League, the new competition. But they are certainly guaranteed that. And next stop for them is Bayer Leverkusen. Yeah, Bayer Leverkusen yeah. at... Uh, in Germany um, at the end of uh, November or on I think the 25th of November and then they play um, at home to Real uh, Betis so that could potentially be the shootout to decide who finishes in second place uh, behind uh, Leverkusen I would imagine Paul and for Rangers in Group A Leon have qualified they're running away with it if Rangers can beat Sparta Prague at Ibrox later this month that would virtually guarantee them uh, football it could be wrapped up that night if Leon beat uh, Bronby again that would guarantee um, Rangers European football but it would just depend again whether that's Europa League or Conference League so Rangers still get a bit of work to do but if they beat Sparta Prague European football guaranteed after Christmas Which Barry would you expect them to beat Sparta by enough? Yeah yep. but they're, they're two goals better off just now in the in the league yep. Europa League um, and it's I, I, I mean I said the Bromby game was a must win I think everybody would have agreed with me but that, that Sparta game um, I think it's the end of November they've got to go and beat them and they've got to go and beat them convincingly and I'm, I'm talking about scoring a few goals against them then that gives them a right good chance of finishing in second place because obviously Sparta play Bromby at home and obviously Rangers are away to, to Leon. now it might depend on Leon what type of team they put out because obviously they have qualified um, but listen the main focus for Rangers is when Sparta come to town 
make sure you beat them convincingly by a few goals Ryan Kent was back we mentioned on Wednesday yeah. he was in the squad we talked about why he was travelling we now know why here he is after the game last night and the role he played in that goal it's been a tough period you know the start of the season carrying quite a few niggles so you know it's nice to get them them sort of ironed out and really glad to be back on the pitch yeah I think you know no matter your circumstance whenever you're, you're called upon from the bench you have to make an impact you know, that's why the gaffers relied on you to bring you on the pitch. You know, it was unfortunate not to come away. You know, with a win last night, I thought in the second half played really well. And, you know, we still had a chance in the first. Barry, he made such a difference, all three of them. Yeah, he, he certainly did. Um, there's no doubt. I thought the goal was a brilliant goal. Tavernier uh, fired the ball into Arebo. Great touch from Arebo and, and Kent's pace takes him away and slide rule pass and it had you and it was a, a very good finish certainly the, the the triple substitution made a difference there was no doubt about that um, and it's great to see Kent there because I said listen before he got injured he wasn't having the best of seasons but listen he's one of these players where he can just have that bit of magic that moment in a game um, that can make a difference and he certainly made a difference when he came on last night would you have started with Morelos and Fashion Sakala? yeah but, but I see why you went with that because they were so good against Motherwell um, yeah. at the weekend but I listened to his interview after the game um, now when you look at the, the front three it started Morelos, uh, Sakala and Arfield if they don't produce he's going to make changes and you look at the three that come on Kemar Roof Hadji the goal scorer and Ryan Kent it's it's a decent um, substitution triple substitution and it certainly made a difference last night great to see Ryan Kent back because he will make a difference to Rangers it's just getting minutes on his legs now. And you like the fact, as a manager as well, that he says, well, oh, I got that wrong, but then he changed it. He's just been honest. And I think people appreciate that honesty. Um, as I said, he, he clearly wasn't happy with the three that he substituted. Yeah. And what he's laying down the gauntlet, if you don't produce good performances, you won't play in the team. Mark, we were saying after Rangers 6-1 at the weekend, is this the turning point? Yep, yeah. the top of the table by four points um, ahead of uh, Celtic. But last night, that was a disappointment. The game was there for them. Yeah, it, it was. I, you know, I expected Rangers to kick on from Sunday. But I, again, Paul, it just tells you that it's stop-start. That you know, What happened between Sunday night and then getting into last night is just symptomatic of Rangers' season. They've not been able to put a run together. And yet, as you say, they're still top of the table. Um, but it must be a concern for, for Steven Gerrard and I think we've said it before but for me it just reinforces um, the point Paul that Rangers need to go and freshen things up liven things up in January if they don't they, they run the risk of, of Celtic doing that getting in the two or three players that Celtic need for the second half of the season and losing the title so um, Rangers have posted the financial results today as, as well uh, I believe so it's not a picture it's, it's not a great picture but it's probably an expected picture in terms of, of uh, where we've been with Covid and all the different things that have gone on and the way the club backed the manager to win the title last season so it may well be that in order to do things in January that they might need to sell to create their own funds and then see what the manager can, can go and do but I think that'll be a real temptation for Steven Gerrard if a big offer comes in for somebody that he would regard as one of his top three or four players, he might actually see it being beneficial 
to lose one of them in order to go and bring in two or three others. We'll talk about the finances. Yeah, Rangers posted losses twenty three and a half million uh, during COVID last year. The amount of revenue lost, which uh, the bigger the club, the more you stand to lose. There was uh, twelve million on match day that was lost, and they had to borrow a further seven and a half million pounds by the end of the season. One of the most surprising things, Barry, was that uh, Dave King, the former chairman, he gave Rangers a loan of five million at sixteen percent, so they're having to pay back eight hundred odd thousand pounds. Yeah, that was the deal. I, I thought yeah. it was. Yeah, I thought it was interest-free the the loans. Um, so when I seen I seen that at the five million, I think it was um, eight hundred and twenty-two thousand. Just as well, you were the interest. captain and legend, not the finance director. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I'd, I'd seen yeah. that, which which is a surprise, and I think that will be yeah. a surprise to some Rangers supporters as well. For sure. We'll come back to the money because it's been such a tough time for everyone uh, in Douglas Park. And John Bennett have put a lot of money into the club, though, haven't they? And they're still ensuring yeah, I, I, that. I mean, listen, the, the losses are down to obviously the COVID situation, but be rest assured, and I'm, I'm sure the Rangers fans, I don't need to tell them this, they've got the right guy at the helm. They've got the right chairman who's leading the club. Um, he's a shrewd businessman. Um, he'll know what he needs to do. Um, so. I wouldn't look too far into the obviously the, the losses of twenty three and a half million pound. Here's Gary McAllister. He was on duty afterwards speaking about Rangers one one, and he says it's still uh, in their hands to stay in Europe. Well, the beauty now is destiny is in our hands, and the, the fact is we've got six points to play for, and it sets up the game against Sparta and the, uh, the next round of fixtures. It sets up for an interesting evening. Craig, you were on briefly last night. Good evening. <laughs> How are we doing, eh? Paul Barry Park? Yeah, yeah. Listen, uh, we're good. I think everyone predicted Rangers would win by two or three, so you weren't alone. Um, what do you reckon went wrong last night? Yeah, I mean, I got it really wrong because I thought Sakala would have a good game and he had an absolute hour. So, um, but uh, to be honest, I don't know because the one thing I would say, um, which isn't an excuse in any stretch, it was a really frustrating game to watch because neither team, neither us nor Brondy, could really get into any kind of rhythm or flow of the game because the referee wouldn't let the game go. He just kept mm-hmm. pulling up foul after foul any time there was any amount of contact between um, players in the park. And, you know, football's a contact sport, so if there's a wee shoulder barge or a wee nibble, you know, these things happen. You want referees that will let these kind of things go so you can get a flow of the game. That never happened last night. You know, it was like watching netball. There might as well be no yeah. contact. So that was frustrating. But it doesn't excuse the performance of a front three. And I, I don't know where it came from because we've just come off the back of going away to Far Park, a tough venue against a decent Motherwell side and putting six past them and putting on our best performance of the season with pretty much that front three. And then last night, they just didn't turn up, you know. And OK, we get a point. A point away from home is always better than nothing. But against sides with Bronby, you know, they're not a good side. And a lot of their defensive play boiled down to luck more than anything else. I felt if we pressed them a bit more intensely, you saw the mistakes they were making. Times were playing short passes back that were just a little bit under hit or the keeper at one point coming out and getting away with it. You know, We just didn't put that pressure on enough to go and um, punish them. And I just think we need to really step that up now because against Sparta, you know, they're a tough team, we know that because the bet is the last time we've played them. So... Mm. And it's now, what is it, seven or eight games in Europe this season? We've won two. Compared to where we've been, that is, that's appallingly poor, in my opinion. Um, 
And for some reason, Stephen Gerrard doesn't seem as angry about that fact as he should. But at least we're still in it. That's the main positive, I suppose. I think he would have been... Uh... He, he, when I watched his interview, he, he did look angry last night. He looked frustrated. Um, what Craig's just mentioned there on Sunday, I thought Arfield, Sakala and Morelos uh, were very good. And that'll be the frustration as a manager. How come three days before that you can produce a performance? But listen, he sent a, a message out last night, the manager. With his triple substitution. The big hook. He, yep, yep. He's brought them off and says, no, I'm not accepting this. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's seen the difference. And I think Craig will agree. I thought Ruth, Hadji and, and Kent certainly brought a spark to the Rangers mm-hmm. team when they come on. Um, and the manager's basically saying, listen, if you ain't going to produce in the part for me, there's somebody waiting on the sidelines ready to take over. That's why you get a big squad full of quality. Do you think the early yellow cards for Morelos in what, three minutes and then Sakala and Leanne Crichton and Craig Moore were saying last night maybe they'll make a change early because they they seem to be if your strikers have, have yellow cards so early, Mark it, it doesn't make it easy for them, does it? No, it doesn't. I mean, Morelos is always a focal point because of yeah. his ability and the goals that he scores and you know he's liable to do you know something that, that, that puts him onto the the back pages, um, you know, for whether it's referee, whatever it is. So you always kind of focus rightly or wrongly on Morelos. But he is a quality player. He's a ma- he's Rangers for me, best match winner at the club. But he's not doing it, Paul. Yeah. He's not doing it. And that's not a one-off game last night. I think there's been a concern getting right back. And we don't know the full story because the media can't get access to, 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 to or, you know, the full access. But um, what actually happened in the summer in terms of the game against Malmö. So before 35, 40 million pound game, your star striker's not in town mm. um, for it. he's not backing um, in time. But moving on um, from that, based on last night, I, I, I would expect Stephen Gerrard to go with the three that finished the game as he's front three on Sunday. They're clearly confident, they're fresh and comparing them to the three that started, albeit Sakala was absolutely terrific um, on Sunday at Fir Park. I would go with the three against Ross County um, on Sunday and certainly start with it. Craig, would you be happy yeah. to see that? Oh, definitely. I think that's what, it's what's required. Um, you know, and I said it last night as well. I, I felt that we, we we should have possibly been starting Kamar Roof. I think that was the only part of the starting lineup that I would have changed purely because I think it's getting to a stage now where we all know Alfredo Morelos is the main man, as, as Marcus has highlighted. The issue I have, and Gerard, I think it's a uh, not a bad fault to have but it's a slight fault that he's got he's got his favourites at times that he doesn't like dropping so we've seen it with Conor Goldson before where he's been in such poor form at times and Gerard will just not drop mm-hmm. and it's the same with Morelos right now and I think Morelos needs that rocket up his backside because we've got options there and Gerard dropping him for a game and saying listen I don't have to start you and let Ruth go out there and put in a performance because I don't know what he needs to do to start I think he's been terrific Barry what do you think in Roof, terms of Roof rather than Morelos listen, uh, yeah. for me Rangers best number nine's Morelos but the way he's playing at the moment yeah I still keep him in I would Craig. I would still keep him in in terms of Kemar Roof I like him but no doubt he's a quality player but if you're asking me my opinion Morelos playing Mark. you see with that though but if you're, if you're Kemar Roof and you see Morelos getting played ahead of you what, what does that do for you when it's almost as if it doesn't matter what this guy does or doesn't do he's getting a game for me yeah but if you look he scored three goals in the last couple of weeks he's not in horrible form so for me in terms of Kemar Roof I think you, you, when you're at a club you know who the number nine is 
And the number nine, clearly in the manager's eyes, is Morelos. Here's Gary McAllister speaking about the subs last night and the difference they made. I thought he came back and he's looked really refreshing in training. And obviously getting on the pitch last night is a big boost for, for him personally, but certainly for us, because I, I thought he looked really sharp. Kamar Roof looked sharp as well. But I thought I thought Yanis come on and just gave us that wee bit of quality and an eye for a pass and, and, and obviously the goal was superb. I thought it was a great goal and a great finish. So it was nice to see that because the facts are when we can't be reliant on a starting eleven. You know, I thought that the, the eleven who finished at Fur Park and and one six one deserved to go again, although Calvin was left out and, and, and Borna came in. The facts are we need we need 20, 20 plus players. You know, we, we do have two quality players in nearly every position and we've got to utilise this squad and so the, the freshness towards the end of the game. Craig, what's your final thought then for Rangers in Europe? Do you think that you can get a good result against Sparta? Well, I think I think we can. I think you'll see a, a, a different starting lineup to come that game. Um, I think the big boost to come out of last night was obviously Ryan Kent coming back. I yeah. thought he was... He was tremendous and he showed exactly what, what you're missing when you don't have him. Uh, same with Yanis Hadji. So I think you might see the two of them getting a start against Sparta in a couple of weeks. But obviously, what we need to do is focus on making sure we do the job against Ross County this weekend um, and then, you know, start to work on that then. Because this is a big month. We've also got a cup semi final coming up. So we don't have time to have poor performances and be in poor form, really. Barry, this is not the conversation we thought we would have tonight, is it? We thought that Rangers would win. Yeah, I, I thought, I, I said by a, a couple of goals, and I'm yeah. not being disrespectful to Bromby, but Rangers should be beating Bromby. They, listen, the problem with Rangers was the first half. They never come out the traps, never get started. Obviously, with the, with the goal going in, obviously the OG, I think at half time the managers went through them mm -hmm. and they've come out a different team. Um, and I fully expected Rangers to win the game. Listen, a point ain't the worst as Gary Mack just said there it's in Rangers hands but Sparta they've got to go and be looking to beating Sparta by two or three goals and Sparta are a decent team but they're not a top team Sparta. at half time would he have told the players I'll give you 15 minutes yeah 100% he would tell them yeah. he, would he must be getting fed up with that Stephen yeah. Gerrard yeah. you know yeah. himself he's probably had to do that countless more times already this season he did the whole yeah. somebody told season, me the day you know is, is it 10 times Rangers have went behind this season mm -hmm. which surprised me that stat surprised yeah. me it's very unlike them and it seems to me it takes a goal to go against mm -hmm. them uh -huh. G them up yep, yep. yep. I which, mean, the which is going to, which course. is a worry yep. you know what I mean For that, that must be a frustration a real frustration for the manager Craig we're going to the break what's your score on Sunday Rangers Ross County I'll go 3-0 Rangers the Go Radio Football Show download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from 5 Go Radio Football Show Friday evening Paul Cooney Barry Ferguson Mark Guidi and loads of your calls coming on 0808 17 17 700 24 hours after Rangers had a 1-1 draw against Bronby I see the police were heavy handed over there with the Rangers fans uh, just before the game and we hear so many different and then and the Hungarians were booing Celtic for uh, taking the knee before the game um, some of the behaviours abroad Barry you just you shake your head don't you yeah that, look yeah. It, it doesn't surprise it seems to happen every single time um, it's, it's no nice to see seen some of the pictures last night obviously from the internet with the battles with yeah. the Bromby and Rangers fans 
Somebody could get a serious injury, Paul. They could indeed. Mark, uh, some breaking news. Uh, Ayeti, his time at Celtic looks to be up. He's going very, very soon. Celtic are going to let him go. Yeah, there appears to be one or two things uh, doing the rounds, Paul, that uh, Ayeti will be allowed to leave in, in January, which I don't think comes as a, any great surprise to anyone. It's just not happened for him. He arrived, you know, behind the eight ball in terms of fitness when he was signed 18 months ago. Scored a couple of goals for Celtic. Be bits here and there, but... At four and a half million pounds, he's been a big, big disappointment. And uh, I don't know what Celtic will get back from, but they'll maybe get a million quid or something like that, and it's, which would be, which should be okay. But I think they're just willing to write their write their losses off and let him go. He came in at a time when they really needed a striker, didn't they, Barry? But it just it didn't work. Does that happen sometimes? Or I yeah, mean, but it never worked at West Ham from as well. He, he hardly kicked a ball at West Ham, so it was a surprise that that Celtic did go in and spend that type of money on somebody who hadn't had a lot of football for over a season um, and it's, it's clearly not worked and look, Celtic are probably doing the best thing not just for them but for Ayeti as well it's both parties it's not worked for both parties so you're better just cutting your losses Messrs uh, Sullivan and Gold must have been rubbing their hands last summer when they got <laughs> nearly 5 million yeah. I mean he hadn't scored a goal for West Ham as you mentioned uh, other news Grant Hanley he's out for Scotland so he'll not be because this time next week we will be yeah. of course right in the middle Moldova mm. will it be Moldova now but Grant Hanley that's a blow isn't it that he's out yeah. no replacement they're going to wait until this weekend's games uh, Kieran Tierney they still hope will be able in fact he could appear for Arsenal against Watford yeah it would be great if Kieran Tierney could get you know even an hour or something under his belt uh, this weekend um, Paul Grant Hartley not be there is very unfortunate um, but again there's good good options that probably mean that he will move um, for sure Scott McTominay back into that uh, back line into the, the back three so McTominay could sort of there if, if, if Tierney um, is fit as well so yeah that's the way uh, it would go be some weekend, Barry. That's next week. Are we fairly upbeat tonight? What do we think? The weekend is here. Yeah. We to- well, uh, just in general, about no, in I'm, life I'm in general. Upbeat about yeah. Scotland. Yeah. Um, look, Grant Hanley's a, a big miss, but Kieran Tierney's even bigger for me. Um, you would want to wheel him out over in Moldova. He's that important. Um, so hopefully, he gets a bit of game time, or he's allowed to go away with the, the Scotland party because Kieran Tierney's a, a top class player. Celtic winning last night they were 3-1 up until late in the game 3-2 but they've taken the points they're in Europe after New Year uh, Mark's on the line a Celtic fan good evening Mark Hi there Paul how are you? Yeah good thanks are you happy after last night that attacking performance by three of the the new stars that came in under Ange Postacoglu? Yeah delighted um, it was funny because I think during the game I bad um, didn't look too hot and then suddenly even though he got an assist early on he kind of contributed to the to the equaliser for uh, Ferenc Varos and then he pops up with a goal at the end to give us a wee cushion to lead 3-1 so I just, it was brilliant for Ahashi's exceptional and I just hope that um, Ange dips back into the Japanese market and, and gets someone similar uh, to play up front alongside him maybe or as backup if, if a Jetty's going to be leaving so we were speaking last night about Hatati possibly coming in January a 23 year old um, overall last night Mark what do you feel then do you think against Real Betis are you confident of winning yeah I mean I think we could beat them yeah. um, I don't think it's going to matter ultimately because um, they, they get a, a, a draw at home to Leverkusen so I think um, I think that's, it's not going to matter if we beat Betis because they'll be on 10 and the best we're going to be able to do is 9 because I can't see he's getting anything over in Germany Mark, you've been looking at some stats about Celtic away from home 
Yeah, 11, uh, last night was the 11th time in a row that uh, Celtic have scored first away from home in Europe. It's quite a quite a stat, Paul, really, um, taking that back. To be fair to you when, you, when you pointed it out to me and you just asked me for <laughs> clarification and I knew right off the top of my head that it was 11. I'm surprised you didn't know that, Paul. You needed to check with me. But, uh, I like to check is, with the Oracle. It is, uh, it is quite a stat. Yeah. Um, I mean, don't get us wrong, it's no Barcelona and Juventus have been playing, but that said, you know, it, it's quite a stat for Celtic to go and do that uh, 11 times in a row. And when you reflect on last night, Paul, it was a pressure game. The players were challenged by the manager, considering the start that they had, you know, Betis and, and, and Leverkusen, where they were after two games. It's a really good uh, recovery um, by Celtic to go and do that. And I have to be honest, I, I fancy them to finish in second spot. I fancy them to still be in the Euro, Europa League um, come middle of December when the draw is made and uh, you know they, they could get a nice sexy draw as well full house at Celtic Park making a couple of quid etc etc but yeah I think they're in a really uh, good place defensively still a bit of work to do but overall in a very good place Barry yeah I like that word a, yeah. a sexy draw yeah. I quite like that <laughs> um, but see in terms of a bad about Mark yeah. the caller just said there people need to remember he's only 19 there's going to be a wee bit of inconsistency uh, with his performances. I mean, he started the season in fire, no doubt. He's he's had a wee dip, but he's only 19. He, he needs a bit of time to settle in. It must be difficult coming from a foreign country, coming mm. in, doesn't know a lot of people, his family's not with him, but look, I, I think um, certainly the, the, the front three Celtic are looking apart when they're, when they're um, on fire. Mark, what are you thinking about the league position though? Are, are the, the points, I'm just looking, Celtic on 23 points, Rangers on 27, and I guess what I'm thinking is that should have been 25 points, shouldn't it? The penalty. Oh, we can't. Without a doubt, um, we, 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 it was a very poor performance, albeit um, Livingston knew how to play and just parked the bus, but um, having a penalty in the last minute, you just want... Um, you just want us to step up and bury it and obviously um, I'm not sure it was the right choice a penalty taker considering um, considering oh, the boy the boy that scored twice in a row the creation his name Juranovic. is Juranovic. Yeah. yeah Juranovic I don't, know, yeah. I don't know why Juranovic hasn't taken that penalty I mean I, I think a lot of people were, were, were in the same boat um, and apparently post-match they came out and said no no he, uh, he was always going to be be taking the penalty and it wasn't going to be Juranovic but I would have thought Juranovic should have been arguing the case well I've not missed yet so why am I not just kept on penalty taking duties you know If Celtic get a penalty on Sunday at Dundee who would you want to take the penalty? Juranovic Yep Barry Yeah I, I was the same as I think everybody yeah. surprised that Juranovic um, wasn't the penalty taker two out of two the two penalties I've seen him score he, he slotted comfortable into the into the corner um, so I was surprised that that was a decision and as Postacoglu says he'd made the decision uh, before the game actually started which surprised me and surprised a lot of other people Mark let's hear from Jota who played so well last night assist goal as well he was speaking to BT Sport afterwards yeah it's an unbelievable feeling we were looking to to win this game and yeah we just got the win 3-2 so we are very happy I just saw the space I went inside I cut back cut back cut back and yeah just, just uh, tried to shoot and uh, yeah it was goal 
Wham! It was a goal, wasn't it, Mark? It was, uh, yeah, I mean, it was in good form. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's one yeah. thing about Jota. If, if you're looking for something, yeah. he always puts his hands up and he'll yeah. say to Postecoglou, "I'm your man," and he'll not, you know, he'll not let you down. Get him to take a penalty. <laughs> he's got it. He went a bit He is speaking about the attacking <laughs> options up front. I think that happens because of the philosophy of our game and uh, what we build as a team. And yeah, uh, today it was us, but the other day it can be another one like scoring and assisting. But yeah, the team was was great and uh, now we just have to keep on Mark on the line Mark what, what would you say about Jota? I think he looks exceptional um, and I really hope we, we, we can sign him up in a permanent deal um, uh, hopefully we could actually maybe get something tied up before the end of the loan spell and it's not one of these things that other clubs start sniffing about and his price inflates I don't know what the the option to buy prices. I heard it was maybe seven or something like that. So uh, he certainly looks like a player that will worth that kind of money, you know, considering the amount we've shelled out and players that have been not much less than that and done nothing. So um, I, th- I think he's fantastic. I really hope that, um, I hope Forrest gets back to full fitness as well and either um, challenges him or Abada for the other spot wide on the other side because Forrest, when he's flying, is... I think it's better than Jota. I think I think Forrest when he's on forms an incredible football and I don't think he's ever get the full I mean maybe maybe luckily in the last couple of seasons or he, he get a bit more recognition that he deserves. But I think if we want to make a if we want to, to win the title this year, we really want him back. We really want a couple more signings. But Jota looks Jota certainly looks the part. Mark, you're right. When he's been out the team through injury, he's had much more praise. People realised last season how much he does for Celtic. What about Jota, Barry? A few weeks ago, you said, right, let's watch him over the next six weeks yeah. or so. Would you bring it forward now, though? So yeah, we- listen, he's, there's no doubt he's settled in and he's a quality performer. Mm. Um, Would you say sign him? Get the six and a half well, million? Six and a half million pounds. You, you, you look at the age, he's, I think he's 22. Correct me if I'm wrong here, I think he's 22. They sign him on a permanent deal. He has another real good season. Then you're talking, you're doubling that to, to sell him on. Um, and there's always a worry when they come for the Portuguese league. That's more technical, slower. You know what Scottish football's like. It's 100 mile an hour at times. But he settled in really well and he, he looks a top player. Mark Woody? Sign him. Yeah, just get the checkbook out. Get the deal done as quickly as possible. Take any uncertainty away. Barry said he's 22 years old. Um, you know he's shown that he's not needed time to settle he's come in he's hit the ground running he's got fantastic sell-on value um, as well and you know if you had to lose Jota uh, yeah James Forrest is there of course and and you've got a badder there's nobody nobody else so you're leaving yourself short you then need to go and find somebody else and you're taking a gamble it's a lot of money but the money's there to go and do it and if I manage Postacoglu I'm demanding to the board that that deal gets done and the sooner the better. Well, here's what Jota has to say about his manager. I think we just have to believe in his his ideas and uh, if we work as a team, if we listen to what he says, then everything will will be better in the pitch and that's what what we are looking for to do. I'm not going to say he's like a father figure to him, but I mean, that's what it sounds like, isn't it? Uh, You can hear the affection. I'll give you a grand if you can get Club Tropicana. (laughs) That's afterwards uh, for the party. Um, Mark on the line, it's not often that we've got the prospect of European football for Celtic and Rangers maybe we're getting a wee bit giddy what about the point about James Forrest though um, yeah J- James Forrest for you... me has been took for granted for too long yeah. with we, we Celtic fans um, I, I think James Forrest is a fantastic player you just look 
what he's done over the last 10 One of the most so decorated players in the yeah. club's history mm-hmm. Exactly yep, yep. In Scottish football probably yep, yep. Um, And uh, listen If James Forrest When I used to watch him or when, I, when he was fit He never had a good game One thing about him is he's a team player mm-hmm. He works really hard um, in, in the defensive side mm-hmm. yeah, So when he came out the team Obviously Celtic having a difficult season last year I think then people started to appreciate How good he, he is And how much he was missed Mark, you know your football. There's a 35, 40 million pounds there if Celtic win the title straight into the Champions League. And it's exactly the same for the defending champions, Rangers. And that was a missed opportunity last weekend. Uh, Celtic on 23 points, Rangers 27. Do you think that Celtic will win the title? Um, I think... I think Celtic's winning of the title hinges totally on what we do in January. Mm-hmm. I think as it stands at the moment, with the squad at the moment, probably not. Um, and I know that football fans are as fickle as anything, and I'm probably as fickle as any other football fan in the sense that before the Livy game, I was like, oh, well, we're flying here, this looks great. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly you come up against Livy at home and you draw and you're thinking, that was a chance for us to go top of the league there and really put the pressure on Rangers a bit and you can't get a home win against Livy you're starting to think maybe maybe not after all you know getting a bit carried away and the, the kind of run of form we'd been, we'd been in and then suddenly you got down to earth but I don't know I, I don't want to be negative and say as it stands yes but I, I really think we need a couple of a couple of really good signings and I think McCarthy so far looks like a, a disastrous signing um, I think we, we really need someone in next to McGregor that Turnbull had a great game last night mm-hmm. but I think the jury's still by and large out in him so potentially another centre mid in definitely another striker in um, but, uh, Ralston if he can keep up his form at right back that would be great mm-hmm. because that, that for a while looked like a position we maybe needed to strengthen um, so <laughs> probably no at the moment but if we have a good January then yes You'd love to say yes, but you're giving an objective view there. Mark, what's your scoreline on Sunday at Dundee? Um, I don't know. Three, go 3-0 with a trick. <laughs> Listen, I'm sure Ange always listens here to the programme, so he'll be listening to you. Davy Province been saying it for weeks. Why did they not play him through the middle? And also, why is he not on from the start? But the manager's saying, you have to remember, he was playing in Japan before he came here. They're well into the season. But right, Mark, thanks for the call. Speak to you soon. Thank you, much appreciated. The Go Radio Football Show, talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. More breaking news tonight on the Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre, the Easdale brothers, formerly on the board and backers of Rangers. They look as though they're going to be launching a bid for Derby County, of course, who have gone into administration. So that's just breaking news tonight. The Easdales, of course, big part of Rangers during that period where they were trying to get back up the division. Barry um, but then of course they, 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 they sold out from Rangers a few years ago yeah I, I'm not correct me if I'm, I'm wrong here I think there's some way involved in Morton um, I, I, I don't know but listen that's um, obviously Darby has been into administration um, they, they do really well in terms of business so that's an interesting one Darby County of course they've got, they've got so is this 
launched it on their own or they teamed up with the American guys I saw the old Man City Malaysian. chief executive Malaysian. Um, what do you think this is Bloomberg it's, it's Go Radio we don't have, it's just breaking at the moment we'll try the Bloomberg desk for Mark Guidi that's breaking news now you're absolutely right we'll, we'll uh, check in Malaysian money I don't know you know, we could end up <laughs> Wayne Rooney in charge of Morton soon and we Guskin down at Pride Park uh, oh, it's interesting and um, uh, you know, why not I mean it's a massive I remember looking into them um, when Mel Morris took over and his first appointment was uh, Paul Clement and they're getting a bit of publicity then and, and I looked into them in depth and he was just saying what a massive football club mm-hmm. the fan base the training ground Mel Morris had, had uh, uh, grand plans um, for them and it didn't quite uh, work out chopped and changed the the managers but the, the fan base is great you know, stadium as well yeah aye it is some other headlines, Greg Taylor has signed a new Celtic contract today, another three years for Greg Taylor. He's been out for, what, five, six weeks with that shoulder injury. Um, we'll contact Derek Johnson. Derek was over in Copenhagen, breaking news. Derek is saying, the former well, Rangers legend, that uh, the terror for the Rangers fans at the hands of the Bronby, some of the, the thugs, some of the supporters, uh, he's been blasting the most disgraceful behaviour he's ever seen. And Derek's been around the world in football. Um, particularly with uh, Rangers that's just some news coming in and for Celtic fans Albin Ayeti set for a January exit Hoops prepared to cut their four and a half million pounds losses on the a striker it's just not worked out for him no. you don't like to see that for anyone do you nobody takes any pleasure in it but, no um, no I'm, yeah. I mean you know Celtic I've, I've been I've been looking you know, thinking about it you know between Albin Ayeti and Lee Griffiths in the past so 18 months since um, since uh, we came back after lockdown then um you know, it's um, they've been quite unlucky uh, with strikers. Odson Edward, some accused them of of downing tools last season as well, not showing the, the correct level uh, of interest. So for strikers, it's been it's been a tough period for Celtic, Paul. But you look at them now in the wide areas, and then Kyogo through the middle. I do like the look of of Jackamakis. I know he missed the penalty last week, but I think they're looking pretty decent. Rangers last night then 1-1 against Bronby. Gary McAllister afterwards spoke about the Danes. Well, when we got to the end of the game, we're delighted with the, with the draw, you know, but watching the first half and comparing it to the second half, it was, it was night and day. We were, I thought we were pretty wasteful in the first half. I thought the game went to plan the fact that we did win the ball where we thought we'd win the ball and retain the ball where we thought we'd retain it. But when we did do that, I don't think we used it well enough. I don't, didn't think we, we showed our style, we didn't show composure and just that quality to, to break them down once they'd given the turn the ball over. But the second half was, was totally, totally different. I thought we looked refreshed, we looked sharp, and I thought the changes we made, I thought they worked. They certainly did work. What a change in Rangers when they made... Were you surprised, Barry, when he, he made a triple substitution? No, I wasn't surprised, because clearly it, it wasn't working. I think he's been in at half-time and, and said to him, Paul, um, as you mentioned, I think earlier on in the show, um, you've got 10 or 15 minutes to to show that you still should be on, on the pitch. Um, but I think it's good management. He's just laying down the gauntlet, Paul. Listen, if you don't produce good performances, you don't play in the team, and that's why he made the triple substitution. And it clearly worked, because I thought the three had come on. Um, obviously, two of them were involved in the, the goal, Ryan Kent and Hadji with a, a great finish. Came our roof, as I said. Um, I've always liked him. He, he looked sharp when he came on. So it'll be, it'll be interesting, sorry, should I say, to see the team come Sunday against Ross County whether he goes with the three that finished or he gives the three that, that, that come off another opportunity you would always play Morellas yep would you change for Sunday well listen he's, he's done it a couple of times in the past yep. he's left mm-hmm. them out again and sat him in the, the stand 
and sometimes you need that kick up the backside. I'm just going on the fact that I, I think he's the best number nine at Rangers, in my my opinion. Um, even when he's not on his game, he's still he's still a a nuisance to, to other centre halves. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what Stephen Gerrard does on Sunday. Here's Gary McAllister with the squad update after the draw last night. I think we're all good, and the, the beauty is, is 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 Kenny's got those minutes under his belt. So we go into we go into Sunday full squad. Jacko's getting closer and closer, so that's another boost for the for the squad as well. So we look forward to getting back to Ibrox. <laughs> Jacko, we'll need all these because uh, Postacoglu does that as well, doesn't he? It's Cal and all the rest of it. So, Ryan Jack, yeah. back soon as well. The significance of Ryan Kent, he was off the boil, do you remember? Yeah. Uh, you know, in the early part of the autumn, the manager yeah. said, well, uh, you know, we'll find out from him what's gone wrong. Back with a bang last night. Yeah, I mean, Ryan Kent's the kind of player that, 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 that Barry and many other former Rangers players, supporters, and managers said he's like the one guy you wouldn't want to lose. He's like the, the jewel in the crown, if you like. And he's, he is... Ability-wise, I think he's the best at Rangers, you know, middle to front, creativity. Um, but yeah, he wasn't in the best of form. Um, in the big games, I don't think he, he produced. Um, and often he has to find that level of consistency. But a good thing for him to get back onto the pitch last night. Sunday Ibrox, I would expect him to start against Ross County. And as Gary McAllister said, we're in an international break. And then it's League Cup semi-final. And Steven Gerrard and his players are desperate to win a cup. I think there's pressure on them to win a cup they've won the league last season which was brilliant but they've had six cracks at trying to win a cup and they've not won a cup so I think there's pressure on Rangers to go and do it there's an inner pressure from, from the club itself and the management team they've set a challenge to the players the supporters want to, to taste Hamden yeah. with a bit mm -hmm. of silverware um, so yeah they want to get their, their players ready for that game against Tibbs on I think it's the Sunday November 21st mm -hmm. Big Christmas present if they get to the final yeah, and listen, win. it'll be annoying them. Yeah. And see, mm. if I was a player inside the training ground, it'd be annoying me. Um, that, that people keep going on about they've no won any domestic cups, league cup, Scottish cup. So there's a, a real opportunity for them to get into the final against Hibs. Um, and the pleasing thing for the manager and the coaching staff is they've got everybody back virtually. I think it's too soon for Ryan Jack and and Sunday against Ross County, but I think the following weekend. You may see Ryan Jack back in 18 because he's a big player, Ryan Jack. We've spoke about him. Um, he's come on leaps and bounds over the last couple of years and he's been a big miss to Rangers. Ryan Kent came on last night and uh, made such a difference. Is he ready for Sunday? Yeah, um, as soon as I'm back in, I'm ready to start a game. I always want to be starting on the, um, on the field. Quite tough watching from the sides, especially for you know almost two months. Um, you know, so I'm you know, raring to go on game. He's raring to go. We're going on the line. I think we've managed to make contact with the Rangers legend, Derek Johnson. Derek, good evening. Good evening, Paul. We just saw the breaking news there. We just heard you're just back from the game last night. 1-1 uh, with Rangers. But, Derek, were you in among it all? We'd said earlier that uh, the police had charged some of the Rangers fans, as in baton charging. Um, and I think some of the Bronby fans as well. What, were you over-travelling with the fans? No, I was over with uh, with Rangers. I travel with Rangers with the VIPs, uh, sort of looking after them. Good, you know, for the for the yep. wear over on the Wednesday and Thursday for the game. You know, I, I've I've been at many many football games abroad, Paul, but I have never been at one like this. You know, for angry supporters. So what happened, Derek? Where were you at the time? There, there, there were two or three different places. You know, they've got a reputation, seemingly the Bronby. We were getting told this by one of the policemen afterwards. I think it was last week or the week before. That's their big derby game, Copenhagen against Bronby. And the police eventually, because there was so much rioting, 
during the game that the police actually had to bring their guns out and threaten to fire, you know, if they didn't stop it. I mean, this is how bad it is. That's a reputation that the Bronby fans have got. So, you know, obviously you would have thought that the club would have taken that mind when Rangers were bringing over 4,500 supporters. You know, so we, we, we've gone over there and we were in the ground. I mean, it was a quarter to six, their time kickoff. Yeah. And uh, we were we were inside the, the ground at quarter to five, you know, just in the stands. And, uh, you know, the players were coming out for their warm-up and everything else, and it was great. And it must have been about 10 minutes before the game started. All of a sudden, all the VIPs were together in the main stand beside the director's box. Mm-hmm. I think there were something like 120 of them. And there was a few Rangers fans as well. And all of a sudden, you know, there was about two dozen ultras from Bromby just came through the doors and just started attacking everybody uh, in the stand. You know, and we're now talking about VIP. We're not talking about youngsters, Paul. Yeah. I mean, I'm 68 years of age. You know, there must have been a dozen or two dozen of them older than that. They're just people who wanted to come over, suit and ties on, they yeah. wanted to see the game. And they were just attacked for no reason whatsoever. And we're talking about this heavy team with the masks on and the scarves over the face and everything else. It was ridiculous. So where are the Danish police at that point? Well, well, that's what we were saying. And there were, there were two old stewards that were there who did absolutely nothing. Well, they couldn't do anything. Yeah. Because these, these, these people were just running at people, kicking. There was, there was a couple of our, uh, lads on the plane who had cut eyes. And there, there was one that was knocked off his seat and had to be taken to the ambulance. You know, it was farcical. And it must have lasted about 10 minutes, Paul. And then the next thing we, we seen from about 50 yards away, coming up from one of the exits, the, the riot police in the full gale, mm-hmm. full, full regalia, they came out. And you would think when they seen this fighting, that they, they would run or they would jog over, mm-hmm. sort it. They walked. They walked, and there was about 20 of them. And by the time they'd walked over to where we were sat, they'd gone. They'd all gone down the exit and out the front door, you know, leaving you know, the, the chaos that was there in the stands. It was absolutely, it was frightening. I mean, I've n- never really been frightened of going to football. But see, at that moment in time, I just wanted to get out of there and go back to the airport away on the plane. And there was a lot of people, you know, felt the same way. It was absolutely frightening. These people just coming from nowhere and just smashing everybody in front of them. I'd imagine that EFL will be looking into this, uh, Paul. You can't have that. You know, you can't have that in that area of the stadium in any area of the stadium but particularly as Derek um, described uh, the scene uh, it's not acceptable and I'm sure Bronby the football club themselves the board of directors everybody there must be embarrassed about the actions uh, of their supporters that's not acceptable have Rangers you know yep. you, you know what Paul you know it's, we were in the city where we were having a coffee in the city in the afternoon it's beautiful Copenhagen's yeah. unbelievable I mean it's just bikes there's very few cars everybody goes about in bikes and that's all you see in, in the car parks. It's the bike parks. And there's thousands of them. You know, and, and they just enjoy. They're lovely, lovely people to talk to. And then you go into a football stadium and all of a sudden, you know, you're, you've got them in front of you. Absolute animals they were on the night. And, and I mean, that wasn't all. I mean, we've read also and we've heard about the outside the ground they were waiting on the Rangers fans coming out. And there was, you know, there was hell broke loose again outside there. But again, you wonder where the police are. Mark's right. I mean, I think Rangers spoke to the UEFA official who was actually in the stand and watched it. So it's not a case of somebody told him and he never believed it. He was there outside and watched it. So that will be reported to UEFA that a shadow of a doubt. And there's no doubt sanctions will have to be there. I mean, I feel sorry for the club. 
No, the club, the supporters, the majority of them on the ground, they sang for 90 minutes and they were really good. We're not just talking about a wee crowd of supporters. The whole ground sang at the one time and they really loved their club, but they've got this small element that's ruining the reputation of that football club. And I think you will we'll take action against them. Derek, can you stay with us for a moment or two? We've got the news, although this is breaking news. Derek Johnson, who won the European Cup, Winners Cup, nearly 50 years ago with Rangers. And for the first time, he's he's seen and witnessed what can happen to our fans abroad. It's happened with Rangers, it's happened with Celtic fans. You know, and we love the game, Barry. We wanted the fans back. But this is ridiculous. Well, the police are doing DJ nothing. was there in, in person. It's an absolute yeah. disgrace. Um, and as I said, DJ's 68. There was guys older than him. They must have been absolute frightened um, of what happened at the game Derek back with you after this The Go Radio Football Show Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from 5 And Derek Johnson joining us too just back from Copenhagen Rangers drawing 1-1 last night Celtic 3-2 win against Ferenc Varos but Derek uh, witnessed uh, terrible scenes where the ultras attacked Rangers fans, VIP fans there in the main stand just before kickoff. Barry, you ever heard anything like it? No, uh, I've not. You, you obviously watch it on TV, but obviously known DJ and obviously DJ was over there with 120 VIP fans, um, and all ages as well. But listen, you don't like to see that, Paul. It's it's a horrible side of football. DJ was saying that's the first time that he's, he's felt scared in a game. You don't want to hear people say their things. When I go to football, I want to go and enjoy a game of football. Don't want to worry about fans attacking you. And, and players probably don't realise what fans go through these days. UEFA is a disgrace, isn't it? In so many ways, yeah. Mark. Um, you know, they're allowing. Sometimes they're miles yeah. off it, Paul. They are, they're they? miles yeah. off it in lots and lots of uh, issues. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't. I, I, I can't remember a Scottish club, Paul, even the Scottish national team, where the main stand or like your VIP like you see, you know, you're suited and booted yeah. but for that to, to happen I've never heard of that before it's, it's really it's, um, it's quite alarming what, what's UEFA going to do hit them with a £10,000 euro fine what's that going to do Derek what would you want to see happen well I think what will happen well I don't know what will happen it's up yeah. to them I think the lads are right you don't know how UEFA see these things but if they're fans that are frightening opposition you know, fans. Never mind if they're VIPs or not, just other fans. And surely you've got to ban them from the ground and they'll need to play behind closed doors. And that's the worst thing that a club needs because with their fans, and honestly, the noise was unbelievable last night because the fans made it for them and that got the players going. I think if they, they go in there without fans, I think that's the, that's the only way the club will suffer, you know, because of that. But, I mean... Barry's right you know they, they can they can find them all alike but they'll just go on it, it won't stop the only way it's going to stop is by not allowing them in the stadium and people say well if they want to be there they can stand outside well again that's up to the police to make sure they're not anywhere near the ground when the game starts but something has to be done because it's happening in too many too many countries that's happening now and it's, and it's not a lot of fans will have to say yeah. I mean I say there, there's maybe about two dozen of them but they were all big lads that knew how to fight I think there's no doubt in my mind it was organised because they knew where people were sitting and things like that so they, they must have known exactly what was happening and I know there was, there was more trouble outside as there is in a lot of these games the Rangers fans are penned in behind the goal and they're not allowed out until all the, 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 the opposition fans go out but they, there's a lot of them that hang back so when the Rangers fans come out the two of them are then colliding and that's when all the trouble starts 
and the, the police were out there certainly uh, for that, but there was none inside the ground where, where we were at. And it's, and it's probably, it's probably as I said earlier, it's probably the worst thing that I've ever seen. And I, and I was really, I was shaking for the first time. And that's not wow. me at all. I couldn't believe yeah. I was doing that. But that, but that's how frightened I was. When it all started off, I was in the, in the row behind where it finished because they were, they, were, they were down in maybe about 10 rows and they were just walking along, just hitting everybody. And I was the road. That, uh, had I been sitting two rows behind, then I would have been involved with it. And a lot more of it, the, the VIPs as well. It was, it was absolutely frightening. Horrendous. DJ, yeah. was, was people injured? There were people injured, yeah. As I said, there were a couple of them had cuts in their eyes and everything else. I mean, you're talking about older men. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, people say, well, you, you shouldn't have fought back. Sorry. Yeah. You know, if you've been attacked by somebody, you're going to stand there and say, right, just hit me. I mean, you, you want to try and defend yourself. And that's, that's what all the lads trying to do. Mm-hmm. And, and eventually, the, 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 the more that, that fought back, then they started to retreat a little bit. And when they saw the police coming in, then they just sprinted out the door. They'd done their job as far as they were concerned. Derek, the game itself, you obviously, you pulled yourself together, you watched the game. Um, it's not the result we thought it would be. Barry, you wanted to... What, what? Yeah, I was just wanting to, interested to see DJ's thoughts on... DJ, a lot of people are talking about Morelos, obviously not in great form, scored a few goals over yeah. the last couple of weeks. What you, What's your thoughts on him? Well, he, he didn't play well, and I don't think he had... Well, there's not too many Rangers players that have played well, if, if we're per- perfectly mm. honest, from the start of the season, but... I think defensively, I thought they, they, they were excellent in the first half. You know, they, they, they had the goal, which I haven't seen on the television, but the, the, the linesman said the ball went out of play before it came back when Morelos scored. I, I, I thought that was a hard one to judge, but, you know, had they scored that, it's a different game, but they didn't get that. The first shot on target that Bronby had was the own goal, and it wasn't even them that had it. Mm-hmm. You know, it was Balligan's yeah. own goal. I, was, I think that was the only shot they had on target the whole night I think Rangers for the first time in the season I liked the way they, they were closing down at pace it wasn't one of these jogs towards people everybody was sharp and they were, they were forcing them into making errors I mean they, they stuck the ball about but to be fair I thought the two centre halves were outstanding I think they, anything that came in the box you know they, they cleared and Rangers tried to play football but there was that wee bit lacking up front again you know just that wee bit of sharpness a better ball in the box and, it, it, and that certainly happened, you know, 20 minutes to go when, when the three came on, mm-hmm. when Roof, Haji and Kent came on. All of a sudden, there was, the pace got quicker, and the ball got forward quicker. They were beating people and getting balls into the box and dangerous balls into the box. I thought the goal that Rangers scored was an absolutely cracking yeah, goal. top class. Wonder, wonderful movement and everything, and well finished by Haji as well. It was a great goal. And they might have sneaked it, but I thought they'd done it in the last header of the game when it just went by the post by, by inches but you know that was it I heard the manager after the game say that he was disappointed with the play you know but uh, they got a point and it's away from home but they could have easily they could have easily got all three points because I thought as the game went on Rangers were certainly the better side who do you play then on Sunday, Derek? Up front, we were, I was asking Barry. He says he would, you know, you would almost the, the best striker over the years has been Morelos over the past three years. Yep. But yeah, but he's going to Yeah, yeah. There's no doubt he's going through a sticky patch. But look, for me, he is the best number nine at the club. But previous to that, Stephen Gerrard has left him out on an odd occasion. 
um, to give him a kick up the backside and maybe that's what he, yeah. he needs to kick his, his um, season on yeah. um, but look I'm with you DJ you look at the triple substitution the quality come on came our Ruth Hadji and Kent to replace Morelos there, there, there was a question Mark Barry about Kent because he's been out for five six weeks hasn't mm-hmm. he yep. so it's all right saying oh he's fit now but he's got he's not got much sharpness but I thought when he came on you looked very very sharp running at people and everything else and that's a huge bonus I think for the manager somebody with that wee bit extra pace up front and, and I think Ruth came on and they were determined Haji was, was, was getting on, he playing wide and he was good inside his goal was just fantastic and it wouldn't surprise me Barry if the three that came on actually started on Sunday mm-hmm. that was my question so Derek you've called it you if you were the manager I, would, you I, would, I think yeah. the, manager, the manager did say Paul that yeah. uh, you know when they came on that made a huge difference and he actually said himself maybe I made a mistake mm-hmm. you know with the three up front so if he's thinking that and when they came on they changed the game you may well say well I'm going to give them a run on Sunday mm-hmm. Ross County surprised everyone last week didn't they Barry with uh, the win which came out of nowhere well, but they... nobody's seen that yeah. coming um, against Dundee <laughs> uh, but listen I fully expect Rangers um, yeah. to, to win that game convincingly no, no doubt in my mind about that Derek yeah, I was watching the game on the television. They're getting five nothing to beat Dundee at Dens Park. I don't care if Dundee are not playing well. For Ross County, that's absolutely terrific. They scored five goals. But I was well impressed with two or three of the players. What about the player that scored from about forty yards? I mean, what an absolute screamer it was! You know, so they're decent side. I, and you know what? For the first time, I don't think Ross County will come to Ibrooks and sit back with ten men and leave one man up. I think with the players that they've got in midfield that can attack and shoot from 40 yards, you know, I think they may well come and have a wee go at the start. Because if they think Rangers are, are, are leaking goals and they've got somebody that can score goals, why not have a go? They might not have a go for 90 minutes. But I think maybe at the start of the game they'll say, well, we might try and catch Rangers. If we get the early goal and they can hold on to that, we've maybe a wee chance of getting something from the game. But realistically, I think Barry's right. I think Rangers will win the game, but it won't be as easy as people are thinking because they've got the confidence they'll have from the five nothing away. From, I don't care who you're playing against away from home. You score five goals, you're a good side. Mark, and I think the manager will know that. Mark, it's some way to get your first win of the season. So Ross yeah. County, don't but, discount them. Brilliant result at Dens Park. Anyway, any away fixtures is difficult, Paul, and particularly for one where there was a, it was a lot of pressure on Ross County. It was the last game of the uh, the first round of fixtures that they'd gone ten without a victory, so that really um, gave them a lift. And, and I think Derek's right. You know, if you're Ross County, you're looking saying. Rangers are prone to conceding the first goal. It's happened many, many times uh, this season. There might be a bit of tiredness uh, in the legs mentally um, as well from, from Thursday nights. It's always an awkward one. Um, getting into a game on the Sunday after the Thursday, particularly when you're away uh, from home. So yeah, I would imagine Malky, McKay, and th- the thing about it as well, Paul, Ross County, they'll, they'll be champing at the bit for a game. You know, they'll, they'll be champing at the bit they were meant to play Hibs it's been called yep. off twice and that was in the back of that great result that we're talking about at Dens so yeah I think Ross County will, will come and try and put Rangers on the back foot but they can try all they like Rangers should win comfortably Derek one of your other old clubs have been doing brilliantly Dundee United they didn't win last weekend but they're at Hearts and that's a massive game for them tomorrow well, it is. You know, on their day, Dundee United as good as anybody. I, I think they've proven that in the past. And, you know, and Hearts, a wee bit disappointed with them. I think they started off really well. They've either been top or second top. 
you know, and they've been looking a really solid looking side, you know, defensively, not giving away, you know, simple goals as, as they're prone to do. You know, the midfield's working hard. They've got probably one of the best midfields, you know, in the country when they're on song. And up front, they've got people that can score goals. So they've got everything there to win games. But they've just been off it the last couple of weeks. And I think for Robbie Nielsen, you want to get back them back again in that same vein of form. And there's no doubt he's been working hard all week at that because players do, do get a bit complacent. Once they're doing well and the media are saying, oh, this is a good hard side, they're going to challenge for the league and, and things like that. All of a sudden, it fills the old players' heads full of nonsense, you know, and instead of going out and doing what they're good at, you know, getting at teams, they maybe just relax that wee bit and they're allowing teams to get at them. So I would imagine Robbie will be at them from the first minute against Dundee United. They'll have to be on the game. And Barry, can we ask Derek finally, as a, a former striker, we know you were a defender as well, but we, you know, most people think of you as that great midfielder. Midfielder, oh, yeah, you've been everywhere. How are you in goals? <laughs> um, what about uh, Kyogo? Last weekend, dropped by Postacoglu, then there's a penalty. Um, the penalty kick isn't taken by Juranovic, isn't taken by the captain, Callum McGregor, it's taken by Gikamakis. Um, does it have to be the number nine that takes the penalties? <laughs> Well, you would think you know, the main striker in the team uh, should take them because he's the man that you depend on scoring goals. He's the man that's in the box probably more than anybody else. But again, it's all about bottle fall. It's how you feel at the time. People say, well, you should be practising penalties. Yeah, it's all right practising penalties you know, on your training ground, but there's nobody there. I mean, you go to a ground where there's 10,000 or 20,000 or 50,000 and you're asked to take a penalty, it's different. It's all about bottling how you feel at the time. If you're playing well and you're confident enough, take it. But you'll find that there are a lot of players that maybe they've had a poor game up to then and they're not really wanting to take a penalty, so he shouldn't take it. And if anybody else is around that says, I'll take it, then you give it to him. It's as simple as that. Derek, do you think that you fancy the title may well get out of the wire? This season, can you see it being nipped and tucked right up with the middle of May? Well, I think it'll be a lot closer. Certainly, it will be without a shadow of a doubt. You know, than last year, and I think it will go to, to near the. I mean, Rangers haven't really uh, settled yet. They haven't been the same. They haven't performed the same way as they did last year. But they're still top of the league and four points clear, and in the semi-final. So it all is not lost. I mean, that was up to the other teams to start winning and winning, you know, win regularly and be up there with them. And they are still with them. It's only four points. But I don't see Rangers running away with it as they did last year. I think there are too many good sides on the day that can beat both Celtic and Rangers. I think that's been proven so far. And and I I think as the season goes on, that'll happen even more. They're not going to go through the season undefeated again from now on, both the old firm, because there's five or six really good sides that can take them to task if they're not in their metal on the day. Derek, thanks so much for coming on. We're glad that you're okay. And, you know, the Rangers fans, the VIPs who were there, who were attacked by some ultras uh, from Copenhagen, from Bronby. And thank God you're okay. Uh, you enjoy Copenhagen in the afternoon. You were seeing loads of bikes around. Did you manage to get on one of the bikes, Derek? Were you. Well, there was a few pubs where I was told to get on my bike, but no, I didn't actually. <laughs> and but, 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 but you wouldn't believe it, Paul. The, yeah. the mic- Everywhere is just bicycles. They've got their own lanes. And you keep forgetting when, when you step onto the road, you know, you don't realise that you're stepping onto the, the, the bike lane and they're fuzzing by about 30 miles an hour. They just love it. I've yet to see a heavy Dane, a fat Dane, because they're all fitness fanatics. They're on the bikes all day. 
and, and the air is so clear and fresh. The, the cafes all around at the, at the docks. I mean, it's just a wonderful place to be. But they just let themselves down. That little mob fans at the, the game, you know, a few hours later. They need to get rid of that, I think, that club. They're going to have to work hard to get rid of them because the majority of the fans in that ground were magnificent, but that 1% are bad and that's what's going to ruin that club. Well, thank goodness you're okay, Derek. Thanks so much for joining us and hopefully we will see you soon. Cheers, Derek. All the best. Cheers. Cheers. That's Derek Johnson, live and go. The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. The weekend has started here officially and there's so much on this weekend. Rangers playing on Sunday. Celtic 2 after the games last night. Celtic are at Dundee and we'll be on there from 12 just before kick-off. We'll be here with John Hartson and Craig Moore. Also then, Rangers in action against Ross County. It's going to be some weekend. Then tomorrow, Aberdeen against Motherwell Hearts against Dundee United St Johnson against St Mirren Hibs obviously afflicted by uh, Covid they've been decimated by uh, players and staff who've been affected by it more about that shortly we'll also look forward to these games we'll get the predictions of Barry Ferguson and Mark Guidi but on the line now let's go to Jamie and Airdrie a Celtic fan Jamie good evening good evening Paul good evening Mark good evening Barry you doing? before I make my See before I make my point, Paul, yeah. I would like to send my condolences to Walter Smith and his family. That'll be a free Yeah, that'll be appreciated by uh, many of the family and friends of Walter. We just heard from Derek there, who spoke on so movingly about Walter, Barry as well, and Mark. Uh, yeah, everyone. He, Walter's brought everyone together. Hasn't he? He really has. The, yeah, there's the Jamie, yep. Celtic daft. He loves he loves his club, yep. but he's come on and just shows you what uh, Walter Smith, uh, how many people he touched, and um, a lot of people respected him. For sure. Um, no doubt about it, he was a, a top manager. So that's a nice touch from Jamie there. I saw his grandsons there uh, yesterday I've looking. Seen the yep, I've seen the, the three picture. young ones. Yeah, Smith was, in the back, it was really quite moving. It was, it? it was, it was a great picture. I think it was his boy, Stephen, who took the picture yeah. um, just at the gates yeah. where the, the flowers and the, the strips were left. It was a, a touching picture. So it's still, still a sore one, isn't it? It's still, yep. it's still sore. I, I thought as well, we were talking about you know, being, you know, bringing everybody together. And obviously, with with, with Walter um, carrying Tommy Burns' coffin back in two thousand and eight, there was a lovely interview from Tommy's son Michael um, in the Sunday papers, um, talking about a, a play and how his his dad had a great relationship with Walter. You know, it wasn't a talking; it was something that was planned because they worked really well together, had a great affinity, enjoyed each other's company away from football, and it was a lovely tribute from um, from Tommy's son to, to to Walter as well. Magnificent. Thanks for that, Jamie. So, Jamie, what about Celtic? What's What do you want to say tonight? What do you want to ask? Well, well, yeah, last night's game was superb. Only, only thing I would say was, obviously, Aranovic could have been on about the first goal. That could time came, David. Oh, hang on, David's a wee bit of answer. Should have got a wee bit quicker to block the guy's shot. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, obviously... People have got to say, why are you bad? Oh, this month, you've won six and drew, man. But that Livingston game still annoyed me last week because, to be quite honest with you, I know they came to park the bus. Obviously, if they come out, they'll probably take three, four, five after them. And uh, that's only disappointing, man. 
Because you look for the great October afternoon. And, and to answer your question, Barry, I am saying that. But when, when, when somebody as good as Walter Smith parties away, that's the fact because you're the windy. As I say, I've made bigger sailing plans myself, as you well know. Yo, I do know, Jamie, don't you worry. <laughs> uh, Jamie, you're right, we've got loads of messages um, about that Celtic blowing it last Saturday and they could have put down a market to Rangers. Jersey part in the bus, you yeah. know that's going to happen. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the the players who have been there, like, say, your Callum McGregors, etc., mm-hmm. they know what way Livingston... If Livingston come and open up, it's going to be three, four, even five. Um, so you need to find a way to break them down. Um, and that's just the way it is in Scottish football. Teams have got to come and try and sneak a point, and that's what Livingston done. I know Celtic, what was it, 85% possession. Mm-hmm. They controlled the game. The only thing they didn't do was they didn't score a goal. And I take it back to their, their main player never, never started the game, mm-hmm. Kyogo. Jamie, what do you make of that then? So it's still in your mind as well. We don't want to flog it. It's gone now, but it's on the agenda. People are still talking about it. Where do you stand about Kyogo then? Would you start every game with him if he's fit? Well, see, the thing is, I have said he's right. Sometimes you've got to rest from the things like that. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, sometimes, when, because, see, to be honest with you, last week, Paul, we could have we could have played for I had a twenty minutes and probably no score. Oh, I can understand exactly the facts. They don't get around the Olympics and have to do a bit of good today. But what annoyed me last week was that he says the video five percent. I just get him a very shots of good target and how many saves they keep up to me. It's trying that they have many saves to me last week. That's what really annoyed me. Obviously, we've had a great October. We went Easter Road, Mike, just where the hips. Yep. And we've had a great October. And obviously, I have that boy over there with a road. It's the Alex Support. Mark. And yep. he sees, he sees that he thinks the Schwartz knows. But I, I think because we'll get the players back now, mm-hmm. we'll go two wickets on either side. If you could get Johnson that up to speed, he'll be an asset to us, obviously, James. James Forrest, sometimes I'm a bit critical, and I'll be the first man to admit it. Sometimes when he's still playing, mm-hmm. he, he, you forget how good he is when he is here. That's true, and we spoke about him earlier. I'll tell you who they missed at the weekend, Tom Rozik. Yeah, Roger seems to have you know really found a, a new lease of life again um, under his fellow uh, countrymen, um, Ange Postecoglou. And for many games, he's played ninety minutes as well, which you didn't see with Tom Rogers you know, under Brendan Rodgers and, and Neil Lennon. You, know, you would get 60, 65, 70 minutes um, out of him. We get back to what Jamie's saying there, and when, when he's touched on uh, Mark the, the earlier caller's point, I think for Celtic, if you look at, it, I think the squad they have just now could win the league you know because you look at Rangers form you look at Celtic they're both kind of up and down a wee bit there's not neither of them's really found that proper level of consistency so I think it's a, a, a squad that could win the league but if you're Celtic it's not about just it's not about looking across the city and, and, and I think that was part of the problem for years gone by it was just trying to do you know 1% more than what was happening across the road and that came back to bite them um, a few times in terms of you know not pushing through uh, certain signings 
So you should be looking at yourself saying, what do we need to go and win the squad? Not what, what have Rangers got. It's what do we think we need to go and win the squad, regardless of what Rangers do in January. And that's got to be the mentality and the attitude of Michael Nicholson and the board and working its way down through the club. Barry, what do you that think? That should always be yeah. the focus on number one. Yeah. Don't worry what's the, the noise for the outside. Focus on your squad, who you want to sign and bring them in. In terms of uh, Rogic, I think Rogic on his game is is a top player. Um, there's no I, I thought the first half because I seen the first half against um, Hibs. Um, I watched it when I come back in. Um, I seen the full game. He, he was unplayable. Tom Rogic. He, he brings something totally different um, to the Celtic game and at Celtic team. Sorry, and he'll be a big miss because he's out for I think three or four weeks. Um, and Mark's right. I've not seen Rogic play 90 minutes but he seems to be playing that mm. under Postacoglu so he'll be a big miss over the next few weeks What do they need in your opinion in January? Celtic what I do still they think they need defenders mm. I do I think from middle to front they're always going to create and score goals um, still at the back I still think they're suspect mm-hmm. Jamie uh, I, I, yourself Jamie what do you think for Sunday then at Dundee the early kick off well, your... it's, it's, it's going to be a difficult game Paul but I, I'll be very disappointed if we don't win at least three or four on Sunday mm. and that's the disrespect to Dundee with the quality we've got going forward through the middle it could make a couple of changes it could bring Johnston a forest good start as long as Kyogo's not on it, keep him on the pitch uh, if you can. What's your scoreline then? What do you reckon? Just the 4 nothing. Jamie's going for there. Uh, Dundee mm. are without Lee Griffiths, of course, because he's on loan. He's, he can't play. Sheridan's out for the season as well. Wow. Um, yep. He came in and played against at Merlin. By all accounts, he was mm. he was very good. Obviously suffered a, a bad, I think it was his, is it his Achilles. Achilles yeah. yep. that, that's, that's a sore one. That's similar to what John Suter was out for, for a couple of years. So, I mean, there's, that leaves only one. Um, up top for, for Dundee he's only got one choice um, so no, look I, I'm what's your scoreline? I'm with Jamie I think uh-huh. both I, I'll give yep. you both Rangers and Celtic give us Celtic just now 4 zip 4 zip yep. <laughs> ok <laughs> 4 zip he reckons same as Jamie Mark 2-0 uh, Celtic 
2-0 right more modest Jamie here's uh, Jota speaking about uh, yeah life at Celtic since he signed along with a few others we are a new team like 12 new teammates and we are just starting to get to know each other and uh, month after month I think we are getting stronger and start to be like a real family so yeah I think things are doing doing well and we just have to to keep humble and work hard Jamie thanks for your call we'll speak to you soon Jamie there in Airdrie and uh, it was wonderful what he said about Walter Smith at the start yeah. of his call this evening we've got so many messages from people coming right. to Go Radio I was right yep. He's Celtic daft. Oh, yes, indeed. I know. <laughs> right. He always makes good points, doesn't he? He's always got some really good points. Quite a few of you are coming on with the news that Grant Hanley is out of the matches with Moldova um, and with Denmark. Uh, some of you are saying, bring in the youngster, 35-year-old Charlie McGrew. Bring him back. Yeah, I watched Charlie on, on, on Saturday play for Dundee United mm. and obviously watched him the week before when he was swinging in crosses with his right foot and then popping up and scoring a winning goal so look one thing about Charlie he wants to go and play for Scotland again Paul he's absolutely desperate to be involved and you know on a game by game basis considering what's at stake would I have any objection to Charlie Mulgrew being drafted into the squad absolutely not you know if called upon he wouldn't let you down um, but there's other people as well I think John Souter his name's been, here as well yeah, yeah. I think John Souter's been terrific for Hearts watched him the week before um, as well and he really really impressed me you know even his, his physical development you know he's a big powerful uh, lad great on the ball can pick a pass yes defensively mm. still a bit to go he's, you know, he's young and, um, you know, he's still got a bit uh, to learn but um, again if he was called up I was actually probably surprised he wasn't part of the original squad uh, for the double header but if John Souter was called up absolutely no problem with that either he is being offered a new contract by Hearts they would love to tie him down Barry what do you make of that Charlie Mulgrew John yeah Schutter. I can see why Charlie Mulgrew he's been a big part of Dundee United's uh, success this season no doubt about it um, but if you ask my honest opinion mm-hmm. um, look I know he's he's made it clear he's never retired for international football he, he wants that that chance to get back into the squad but for me John Souter but look I think he's got everything um, in the locker he'd be a, a top centre back I know he's in contract talks but for me I think Hearts may struggle to keep holding yeah, him I think, you're I, right. yeah. I think when he gets a run of games like, I think he missed a, a few weeks back he missed a couple of games through a wee nig- uh, a few niggles but if he gets a consistent run of games John Souter for me can become a top centre half could we see him at Rangers next year yeah I would take him in a minute watch for that one yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't yeah. surprise. You're going to have clubs like like Celtic, Rangers, clubs down south, clubs abroad. I think he's, maybe, he's got a year and a bit to go. I was just squad, about to ask you. A, a year and a half, maybe. So obviously Hearts are trying to get in early. Mm-hmm. Uh, and look, if Hearts can get him tied down, it's you know what like it is, Barry. It works for all parties. He gets a good bump up in his contract. Mm-hmm. Something to be, to be to be right up there. And B for Hearts, if it you know clubs come in and the John Souter can get a, a season free run without any injury, then clubs will start looking. And all of a sudden, Hearts could have okay. I know they sold Craig Gordon for nine million, you know, fourteen, fifteen years ago, whatever it was. But Hearts have potentially, for me, if he keeps going, John Souter's a, a five million quid defender. Yep. See, Mark makes a good point. A few minutes ago, when I watched John Souter three or four years ago I was thinking physically I don't think he's strong enough to be a top centre half obviously being out long term he's clearly went into the gym and bulked himself up and he's not lost any of his pace he's, there's no doubt he's got great feet he can play the ball he can pass the ball short passes long passes he's quick 
now he's powerful so he's got all the attributes in the locker to be a top centre half and I, I, don't be surprised if Rangers and Celtic ain't sniffing about him Scott Young's been on saying he likes the look of play three McTominay Henry and Tierney if Tierney is fit although it looks as though Tierney's he play this weekend Tierney's yep. massive he's in the squad for Arsenal this weekend uh, Duncan Mack Dunk Mack has been on i take an extra striker for him Johnny Russell he reckons in America if, of course yeah, but, yeah. yeah I like Johnny Russell but, you know, again very enthusiastic loves coming back across to, to be a part of the Scotland set up but um, you know unless a, a Kevin Nisbet or somebody was going to quit I don't see the sense now in bringing in um, Johnny Russell but Kevin Nisbet's just not the same player this no, season he's, he's not and, he, and, he, and he's missed a week of, uh, of yeah. football um, as well um, with Hibs and you know I, I think this season he's, he's just not quite hit the heights um, and it had been a big disappointment for him um, that he didn't start against the, the Faroe Islands in the last game. OK, let's get the predictions for the weekend and there's a bit more from Gary McAllister and from Jota. That's next. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. Go Radio Football Show, number one for Belsill, Glasgow and the West. <laughs> we were just speaking there about the traffic and the travel and Barry Belsill. Many of your generation came out of the great old Belsill maternity. Yeah, yeah. I remember it well um, first two kids were born there yep. as well um, a lot of a lot of good players came out of that hospital good old Lanarkshire produces very good footballers Mark we spoke to one of the nurses I remember or she said two of the be- two of the best players ever to come out of Scotland were born in Bells Hill and they were oh well I would guess Paul McStay and Barry Ferguson that's it I was going to say Paul McStay and young Ferguson Derek no Derek was a brilliant player as well but yep so many from there football daft in the west of Scotland and Go Radio Football Show over a million downloads thanks for making the switch we're on every night Monday to Friday from 5 and we're on on Sunday Super Sunday it's the Derby down south as well Manchester United against Manchester City but we'll be concentrating first of all Dundee against Celtic and and then Rangers against Ross County. Gary McAllister talking uh, about the team coming to Ibrox at the weekend. Yeah, we, we take that on board. That, that was a surprising result. It's their only win of the season. So, you know, I know Malky really well. They'll, they'll come to Ibrox and try and frustrate and, and be organised. But we've got to go all guns blazing. And, and what we've got to guard against is, is, is losing this first goal. It seems to be a wee bit of a habit at the moment. So if we can if we can get our noses in front early, then we've got to go and try and, and score some goals. Right, Barry, let's go straight to the Rangers game then. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. that, just quickly, it's interesting that Gary Mack says that. I mean, they're losing... Too many goals. Um, it looks if it needs to like, light them up a wee bit or kick them on. Um, that's something that's becoming um, a, a part of Rangers' season. Uh, they need to pretty much sort it out um, as quickly as possible. Um, but in terms of the game, I see Rangers, same result I'm going to go for. Celtic are going to win, obviously, 4-0, I think. And same with Rangers, 4-0 at home against Ross County. 4-0. The squad update? I think we're, we're all good. And the, the beauty is, 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 is Kenny's got those minutes under his belt. So we go into, we go into Sunday, full squad. Jacko's getting closer and closer. So that's another boost for the for the squad as well. So we look forward to getting back to Ibrox. Mark, what do you reckon you think Celtic 2-0? What about Rangers? Yeah, well, I don't think Rangers will concede first uh, in this game. So I think that have it go and I think it will be a comfortable Rangers to Ross County nil. So the gap would still be four points. What about Hearts against uh, Dundee United? Barry? 
Um, I, listen, it's a crackery a game. Um, Hearts mm-hmm. have slipped a wee bit in yeah. recent weeks. Um, same with Dun United, obviously, last week against St Johnson. This, for me, has got a draw written all over the top. It one each I'm going to go with. The draw specialist, Dun- uh, well, yeah, Dundee United lost last weekend. They're both in the 21 points. Hearts undefeated, as you mentioned, until last weekend. Mark, hard uh, one to call. What uh, do you is, yeah, but yeah. I think it's a right good game. Yeah, actually, Tinkash, you know, you know, like it's going to be, it'll be bouncing there tomorrow. I've watched both teams recently. Dundee United, real aerial threat, set pieces, very, very good at set pieces, but Hearts overall um, impressed me more. So I'm going to go for a, a Hearts victory. Hearts to beat Dundee United 2 1. Is there any way Hearts could go all the way and challenge uh, Rangers and Celtic? No. No. Barry, could they go all the no. way? No, that's it. <laughs> nine, nine, nine. <laughs> no chance. Move on, Edinburgh. Paul. No. Thank you. Uh, number one for Edinburgh and the East. Uh, right, what about St Johnson against St Mirren? This is another good game. Yeah. Two teams who play the same formation uh, go with three at the back. I think they'll cancel each other out and I'm go another draw in this one. St Mirren on 14 points and St Johnson after that good win last weekend just one point behind Mark Guidi well, they played early in the season um, and it was 0-0 and Paisley I think this will be another tight one St Johnson enjoyed a couple of wins against St Mirren last season including the Scottish Cup semi-final I'm going to go against St Johnston 1 St Mirren 0 what about the two teams on 15 points? So for weeks we were saying Motherwell going great guns, but that's changed in the last few weeks and Aberdeen couldn't buy a result. What was that? That was their 11th game before they, yeah. they got that win. What do you think, Barry? Yeah, in, in terms of Motherwell, they were a shadow of their, yeah. their self on Sunday. I was really disappointed in Motherwell. Um, I expected more from them. As soon as they went a goal up, they just sat back and allowed Rangers to dominate them, which I found strange, certainly being at home. Aberdeen... Look, in good form They're starting to win games I'll go Aberdeen 2 Mano 0 How pleased are you About your nephew Playing so well And getting the goals again Yeah that's what he needs to do He's capable of getting goals Lewis um, Good set piece I like seeing set pieces like that Scott Brown being the blocker And, and Lewis getting a A fine header um, That's something that is It's in his He's in his makeup. He can score goals. He can be allowed to bomb forward Scott Brown will, will sit there And, and patrol for him So Yep He's on good form, Lewis. Will he score against Mullow? Yes, because he's an ex Aki's man. So, yeah, of course. Yeah. Lewis will pop up another goal. Aberdeen 2 Mullow 0. Wow, 2 0. Is he enjoying working with Scott Brown and learning from. Well, I know they had a few ding dongs, which, listen, that's. That's what it's like when you cross that white line. You, yeah. oh. you fight for your team, you're desperate to win. They're two winners. There's no doubt Lewis has got that wee bit of Ferguson bit in him. Yeah. He, like, he's a bit nippy. Um, but listen, he'll learn off Scott Brown. Scott Brown's an experienced player. He's he's won so many trophies. And he's a right good player, Scott Brown. Mm-hmm. So look, I'm sure Lewis will, will learn a few traits off, off him. So 2 0 for the yeah, Dons. I, I think they'll continue yep. their good run, Aberdeen. Um, and I keep going on about it. I look at the squad. They've got right oh. good players. They've got a strong squad, Aberdeen. So I think they'll be too strong for Middle. Mark, what do you reckon? Uh, yeah, I think uh, Aberdeen, if they win tomorrow, I think that's the corner turn that takes a real bit of pressure off of, of Stephen Glass and he can allow it to go and go on without you know, being under as much uh, intense scrutiny. There'll be a big crowd at Petodre tomorrow. That the Aberdeen fans have been good for Motherwell, I think this could happen to most clubs, as I've said. They can hit a wee dip, four or five games without a win. I think Motherwell might be entering into that kind of phase. So I'm going to go Aberdeen 3, Motherwell 1. 
Right, OK, so you're both going for the Dons. Mark, are you happy enough with the way the league are handling uh, the Hibs situation with the COVID outbreak? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's a difficult one, Paul. You know, things are changing. And I have to be honest, when the news broke last Saturday morning that this game was on, I thought those days were gone. Ah, you know, I really that. didn't think yep. that we were, we were ever going to enter back into that space where, where uh, games, particularly in the Premier League, with full-time clubs, mm-hmm. it was going to be called off. And then they've tried to rearrange, but uh, uh, Hibs couldn't even get... Um, get their youth team players to play because of you know uh, isolation uh, issues um, so yeah it, it's a shame for all clubs we say Ross County would have been desperate to play after the 5-0 win uh, against Dundee Paul it's just unfortunate um, but it's one I think the frustration for other clubs Malky McKay's mentioned that Jim Goodwin's mentioned that Callum David's mentioned it as They've been they've been punished, mm-hmm. you know. They've yeah. just been told to go and field teams, you know, and, and they've had to go with 16, 17 year olds in the bench, starting emergency loans, etc., etc. You know, at one point, St. Martin possibly last season, we're going to have to put an outfield player, or put Jamie Langfield uh, in goals. Yeah. I think against Remember. Celtic or Rangers. Yep. Um, so I think that's a frustration, but um, it's a real difficult situation, and it just shows that we still have to remain vigilant. Can I throw a few games at you from the Championship, Barry? Who do you think's going to win? Inverness or Air United? I'm going to go with Dodgers and Inverness. Yep. Yes. Kilmarnock against Partick Thistle, a West of Scotland encounter. Both of them would love to come up. Yeah, Tommy Wright against Steve McCall. That'll be a cracker at Robbie Park on the, the 4G tomorrow. I'm going to go with Desmond there, Paul Tutu. Dunfermline, of course, Peter Grant disappeared during the week after, well, they just, uh, they were two up and then they lost last weekend against Morton. Mm. You don't like seeing managers no. getting sacked. Look, I've worked under Peter um, twice at Birmingham City and obviously at Scotland. Um, look, it was a tough one for them. They were at the bottom of the league, certainly the, the size of club Dunfermline now. Yeah. They're a big club, decent budget. The chairman going as well, what accounts? Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. The chairman's he's, leaving. He's yeah. getting a bit of hassle off the, the fans. Um, this one, Dunfermline bottom league, Morton are second bottom. I'll go a draw. The other games, Queen of the South Wraith Rovers, Hamilton against Arbroath. Uh, yeah, those are the games in the Championship. Into League One, Queen's Park against East Fife. Queen's Park at the top, but they've had a difficult couple of weeks. And Barry, you've got the Derby. Is it a Derby? Of course it is, Central Scotland. Falkirk against your own Alloa. How are you feeling about that game? Yeah, listen, we've two great results over the last couple of weeks um, against two of the favourites. And then this is one of the other favourites, mm-hmm. Falkirk. Um, so look, look, it'll be a tough game. But we're, we're going there. We're ready. We've worked on a couple of things during the week. And we'll go to try and win the game. And your old club, Kelty Hearts, against Cowdenbeath. Who can stop Kelty? I've seen Morris Ross get the Cowdenbeath job. Yeah. yeah. Back yeah. in football Back after football. leaving Motherwell, what, six months ago? Yeah, you so, did an incident. I think it was down at Ross County. Um, so good to yep. see Mo back in the job. Um that's a derby three mile apart sure I, know is, that, yeah. I know that for a fact <laughs> obviously being at Kelty so yep. that'll be that'll be a nippy game that one south of the border then who is going to win uh, Phil Foden coming across the city to Manchester United up against Ronaldo I mean there's so many players we could mention Mark what do you think uh, I, I fancy Manchester City to win but, but a tight one but Solskjaer he does excel against Man City he, sometimes mm. you say Guardiola's number but I think just now I can see Man City winning the game bit of a Houdini act that he's been doing yeah. over the past couple of years what do you think Barry? Well, I'll, I'll go for Man City I can't see mm-hmm. past Man City but I mean what a result he pulled off down at, at Tottenham 3-0 um, he yep. changed it he went for a lot of the old guard he, mm-hmm. he changed the formation that's good management for me because mm-hmm. he was under pressure so he yeah. had to go and change something and it certainly worked but I don't think it's going to be a walkover for Man City 
Um, I think it'll be a close one. It'll be a goal in it, but it'll go Man City. Okay, we could talk uh, all night about it. Let's leave you with the old firm then and looking at last night. Here's... uh, was he man of the match? He certainly made such a difference when he came on and he loved being back. Brian Kent. It's been a tough period, you know, the start of the season. Carrying quite a few niggles, so, you know, it's nice to get them them sort of ironed out and really glad to be back on the pitch. Yeah, I think, you know, no matter your circumstance, whenever you're, you're called upon from the bench, you have to make an impact. You know, that's why the gaffers relied on you to bring you on the pitch. You know, it was unfortunate not to come away, you know, with a win last night. I thought in the second half played really well and, you know, we still had a chance in the first. We'll see him on from the start, I would think, on Sunday. Mark. Yeah, yeah, I fancy Kent to start, I fancy Roof to start, and I fancy Hadji to start. Barry, who'll start? Will he bring all three of them from the start? Come on. He's going to stick yeah, up for no, his buddy Morelos. Go no, on. No, no, listen, I'll go for a three to finish the game. Right, so Morelos I, I think on the bench. Yep. kick up the backside okay. to say, listen, I need you back in top form as soon as possible. So Roof, Hadji, and Kent will be the front three. And a man who was on song for Celtic last night, Jota. Yeah, it's an unbelievable feeling. We were looking to, to win this game. And yeah, we just got the win, 3-2, so we are very happy. I just saw the space. I went inside, I cut back, cut back, cut back. And yeah, just, just uh, tried to shoot. And uh, yeah, it was goal. I was hoping we'd have a few more minutes, but we're praying for time that's us it was a beautiful finish it'll be his mother's pride today oh, thank you Mark Guidi uh, Barry Ferguson yeah, that's the two hours can you believe it it's gone yep great two hours <laughs> apart <laughs> well, get, great two hours I love that one poor last 30 seconds <laughs> okay we'll try we'll change that Chris for the podcast Stevie Lennon is up after the news take care enjoy your football weekend the Go Radio Football Show talking football first listen live weeknights from five